Gabriel will be bringing his skits and giant eyeballs to the funny bone in Syracuse, New York, April 26-28. Maybe if his skits were better he wouldn't have to rely on his giant eyeballs so much, but that's just one robot's opinion. May 2nd Gabriel is in Pendleton, Oregon. May 3rd Baker City, Oregon. And May 4th in Moscow, Idaho. Wow, is that the schedule of a nationally touring comedian or the itinerary for a Walmart truck driver? Pause for laughter. Okay, but seriously. For more info and for all of Gabriel's show dates go to GabrielRutledge.com. Episode 17 of Happiness Isn't Funny with Gabriel Rutledge starts right now. Now here's your host, Gabriel Rutledge. Chick, chick. Everybody wants to rule the world. Okay, I think we're rolling. Home podcast. Might hear some cats. Uh, might hear from Don and Buddy. Uh, the, the song in my head this week... <laughs> is uh brought to you by a uh Chevron Minimart employee who who said to me uh do you know who you look like and uh I was I was preparing for Dave Grohl um and I was half right she goes you look like if Dave Grohl and Roland I can't even remember his name Roland Orzabal had a baby and I was like, who's Roland? And she was like, he's uh he's in tears for fears. Uh she was like, it's a band from the eighties, because she was probably like, you know, less than twenty-five. Which uh it's so weird to be like, how what happens in your life that you're like a twenty-three year old who loves tears for fears to the point you can name band members? But uh <clears throat> I looked, uh, I, you know, I googled it as soon as I got back in the car to see if I looked like Roland from Tears for Fears, and I mean, I guess, barely, I can see it, but how come whenever, whenever someone says, you look like so-and-so had a baby, it's never a man and a woman, which is how babies are made. Uh, yeah, it's never, <laughs> it's never like, you look like Brad and Angelina made a baby. It's like you look like Brad Pitt and Meatloaf made a baby. Uh, which is kind of how I look, maybe. <laughs> I mean, the Meatloaf DNA was stronger, but. Oh, but when, see, when people say, do you know who you look like? Like, I, I don't mind looking like Dave Grohl, but like my body tenses up because I'm like, oh God. It's not going to be good. It, it isn't, it's never Brad Pitt. It's never, if George Clooney had long hair, that would be you. I'm serious. It's always, what, what, what have I been getting lately? Dan Fogler, I think his name is. Uh, he's an actor. Any, anyone who has like big eyeballs surrounded by darkness. Well, there's a name of my next album. Uh, people are like, you look like him. Which, Tim Curry, I got Tim Curry a lot before I had long hair. Anyway. Uh, she sang, the per, the Chevron employee sang, she's like, you know Tears for Fears from the 80s? She's like, everybody. I'm like, I, I'm no, I'm old. 
I was, I remember the 80s. It's not just a myth to me. I don't have to go to an 80s themed party. I I lived it, man. I had a mullet. Of course I know who Tears for Fears is. That's what I said to her, and I stormed out with a Slim Jim. Okay, actually, I stormed out with Visine, but I had allergies, uh, so I had a you know a little bit of a, a runny red eyeball, and uh, I could not find the Visine. And when you walk around the store several times and say, "Can you help me find the Visine?" and then it's right in front of you, um, they assume you're stoned. Uh, and I saw her look at me and I said, I swear I'm not stoned. I just can't, uh, I just can't find the visine. And, uh, and then I said, shout, shout, let it all out. These are the things I can do without not visine. Oh, we laughed. We had a good time. We're dating now. Well, I guess, I guess since I brought up, uh, uh, Mr. Dave Grohl, my doppelganger. Um, I guess I'll get into the, uh, I've talked about internet comments before. Um, <laughs> and, uh, I've been, I've been really good. I, I read a lot of them in the beginning just cause it was exciting to kind of, I have a somewhat viral video on Facebook and I'd never, I've never had one before. So it was exciting. And, and like I said before, until you, until something breaks through like that, all most of your feedback is positive. You know, I put up a video, 1,200 people watch it, and there's 10 comments that say you're great. And I go, thank you. I wish you had more friends. Uh, but this is up to, it actually, uh, it got shared on Comedy Juice, <clears throat> excuse me, which is like, uh, that's almost 2 million, 1.9 something, and then it got shared on Laugh Therapy. And that's over two million. So uh I don't think there's ads on laugh therapy, so that makes me sad. So I don't I don't think I'm getting any money for it. But anyway, it's over four million views. Uh which is great. But I sometimes people will comment that I look like Dave Grohl, but no one ever says you look like Dave Grohl. Because apparently everyone in the world is a writer for roast battle now. So it's like, looks like Dave Grohl let himself go. Looks like Dave Grohl after a Big Mac. Uh, looks like Dave Grohl on Prednisone, which I saw last week. Holy shit. Wow. And look, uh, for, for a lot of them, I, I haven't looked at every comment, trust me, but I will put a link to a YouTube video where I mention I know I look like Dave Grohl. And then a lot of times people are like, oh, sorry, oops, uh, didn't mean to be a dick, and whatever. Uh, but I'd even stop doing that, but I happen to <laughs> man, I'm bringing this up because I'm going to hold, I'm, I'm, I'm making it public. I want to hold myself accountable. I fucked up, okay? I got involved in some Facebook comments because, uh, you know, there... Look, most of the comments are overwhelmingly positive because I'm very funny. Uh, you know, the the clip that, that's been shared, I mean, the clip that has over 2 million views, uh, it has it has almost 45,000 people have shared it. 
So like 45,000 people, and I, I guess the numbers probably double that because that's only half the views, but like, assuming that's true, like 90,000 people shared the clip. They thought it was good enough that they wanted other people to see it. Thousands of comments, overwhelmingly positive. I'm mad at myself. Like how much positive affirmation do I need? Is it not enough? I travel the globe uh, having people laugh at me. Well, that sounds bad now that I say it that way, but you know what I mean? Every, every night people tell me I'm great and I don't, that's, if it's going well when you're a comedian, that's what we, that's apparently not enough for me. It's not enough. If one stupid person on Facebook leaves a shitty comment, I had to get involved. There were some negative comments. There were people who were just like, I don't get it or I don't think it's funny. And then sometimes people would argue with those people, which was kind of fun. This one got to me. All right. This comment got to me. I should not have responded. I did. Uh, I won't say the guy's name. Uh, so, and again, I'm not even searching every comment, but sometimes I'll check to see the views and like certain, like most relevant comments will pop up. So I see this comment. Dude came to Boise and he was awful. Five A's. Couldn't even stand to finish his set. It was so awful. With a smiley face crying. And I... my I guess my first reaction was just like, there's no way it's true. There's... Look, of course not everyone stayed to the end of my show. Uh, because they had shit to do, or they got too drunk, or... But the idea that I was so bad on stage that I walked people, like, they're like, this guy's terrible and we're leaving. It's just, it can't be true. And it just, it bothered me so much that other people would see that. I don't know, I, I'm mad at myself. But I'm just like, there's no fucking way. Either he has me confused with someone else, or, I don't know, you might be able to hear uh, Buddy loudly crunching his kitty snacks in the corner there, but... Buddy, keep it down. Chew with your mouth closed. Try Trying to raise decent cats here. No one's going to want to date an open-mouthed chewing moron who's been neutered, okay? You're going to have to have good manners. <laughs> My wife put a bow tie on Buddy, and... Uh, he sort of looks like a, a professor of butt licking right now. Anyway, uh, so I made the mistake. I, I commented under that comment. And uh, I said, uh, I said, uh, this seems very unlikely. And then I noticed it didn't, it like didn't post right away so I thought oh maybe I didn't hit enter so then I made another comment that was basically the same thing it was like I find this unlikely or something like that so then of course it posted twice which makes me look even like more of an idiot uh and so then uh my fan <laughs> uh he posts oh didn't like your first answer and forgot to delete to delete it Oh, are you that insecure about my opinion? You needed two different statements. Your skills at this Facebook stuff are as bad as your jokes. 
Which, okay, all right. And then I, in my head, I'm like, this is why you're not supposed to engage, right? What, what am I doing? What am I doing? Let one dipshit's opinion get me involved. So I just said, uh, you seem fun. And then he responded, ah, oh, there you go. Finally deleted it, which it, I, I literally deleted it like one of the comments two minutes after it posted. But anyway, ah, oh, there you go. Finally deleted it. Keep trucking along, bucko. Ha, 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 ha. Which, uh, you know, uh, I guess it got, if someone doesn't like my comedy online, it's one thing, but it's just, I don't, I can't imagine the scenario that someone is watching me. I've been to Boise a million times. I'm not saying every show was amazing. There was a couple of shows where, uh, there was only, you know, 10 people in the room and they're as good as they can be. But again, like that he, he and his table will be like, fuck this guy. He's terrible. We're leaving. Uh, I, I have trouble imagining the scenario that that actually happened. Now, maybe he got kicked out for being drunk, uh, and got mad about it. Don't know. Um, but yeah, I'm a dipshit. I, uh, I, that, you know, I'm not gonna do it anymore. No more getting involved in the comments. There's no possible way to not have negative comment. Like, whoever, the, Jim Gaffigan, the cleanest, friendliest comic in the world, I'm sure if you look at his comments somewhere on YouTube or Facebook, somebody will be like, <laughs> uh, you know, fuck this dipshit who talks about food all the time. Me and my friend walked out of the show. That's just the price of fame. Well, it's the price of his fame, and it's the price of me having 4 million views on Facebook. So I'm mad at myself. And then I'm, I'm also, I mean, I'm a little mad at humanity. Not this guy in particular, who may or may not have walked out of my comedy show. But I just, after a while of reading comments about, you know, this guy looks like Dave Grohl if he was older, which he's older than me. Uh, or this guy looks like, you know, Dave Grohl does heroin, or this guy looks like a fat Dave Grohl. After a while, I just go, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, am I the fattest person that's ever lived? You, you've never in your life met a person who's weighed 230 pounds before. That's the fattest fucking person you've ever seen. I get I'm fatter than Dave Grohl, but, you know. Also, a lot of comments that are like, this guy looks like Dave Grohl uh, in his 40s or whatever. Dave Grohl is in his 40s. I've seen current Dave Grohl. He doesn't look better than me. Well, he does. He's skinnier. And he, you know what I'm saying. But it's like Dave Grohl also looks like Dave Grohl went to shit. Because that's how aging works. Uh, and I know I'm mad at myself because I, I can't complain. If you look at any female comedian comments they're the worst they're like about how fuckable you are or how fuckable you aren't uh they're like an amy schumer ripoff or at least she's funnier than amy schumer or i saw a comment recently uh on a taylor tomlinson uh conan clip who's she's a very funny uh stand-up comic and the comment 
actually the person who shared it was like uh like oh it's a miracle a woman not talking about her vagina and her gender it's actually funny and i'm like so that's a person that liked her but is still an asshole like what wait female comedians are not allowed to talk about their gender what the fuck rule is that I hope this woman doesn't mention being a woman, because I will hate it. I hope this woman who has a vagina only talks about dicks, because that's what I have. Like, you know, again, I have no, I have no room to be butthurt about one negative comment about me and Boise, because, uh, you know, I know for, uh, female comics, uh, or anyone not male, transgendered i can only fucking imagine uh so i'm mad at myself for getting involved and i'm all but just in general as a society why are we such assholes why things we would never say i don't think things we would never say in person uh just online we're all these weird snarky TMZ people. We're all not even TMZ, but more like Paris Hilton, which, uh, no, what was his name? He has like a blog that makes fun of celebrities. Perez Hilton? I can't remember. Anyway, it's all like, uh, it's just all shitty things about celebrities, but since we're all celebrities now, sort of, it's just, we're all shitting on each other. And it's really weird. And I don't, I don't know what happened. I don't know why uh, everything's like, uh, humans are just yelping each other all the time. Like, hmm, three stars as a person. Hmm, you're fat. Hmm, you're bald. Hmm, you're a woman. Uh, I don't, I don't know what the fuck happened. And I don't think we can put the genie back in a bottle, but man, it's just gross. It's just gross. Uh... And again, I know what it's like to be a human. If I saw myself, I would probably say to me or my wife, <laughs> I would probably say like, what? That looks like a chubby Dave girl. I know there's nothing wrong with, uh, with the thought, but just to publicly, not even the Dave girl stuff, but just who puts, you see a video with millions of views and people saying they think it's funny. Who thinks it's their job to go, I don't get it. I don't like it. Everyone's probably interested in my negative opinion. I don't know. I just think I just think it would be a slightly better society if we only talked about things we loved. Which is stupid because if you listen to this podcast, <laughs> that's not what I do. I understand complaining. I guess I just mean like online. Uh, I'm really only interested in positive feedback. Not just for me, but almost like for 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 everyone. Uh, we're not all critics, you know. Um, so it it is uh it's it, it's just an interesting uh interesting time to be alive. Uh, where uh it's you know I'm hats off to uh my um non straight white male comedians because uh 
the comments you guys get are e and girls and whatever's even just tremendously terrible um and it does uh it does take a little bit of a toll on i'm not saying this for me but i you know you know i got all huffy because one guy didn't like me in boise if 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 people weren't saying you're a chubby Dave girl, but they were saying this is the most unfuckable person I've ever seen in my life, that takes a toll on you. You can not respond, you can be tough, you can be and all that, but it does it does take a toll. And uh I don't it's made me think about how I am online and I uh I don't think I was super negative anyway. Like I don't um I've never been one to like take a picture of a fat person at the airport and go like, oh, look at this piece of garbage. You know, I, I've never liked that stuff anyway. Um, and I never, uh, I would, I've never put a negative comment on any video, I don't think, uh, on Facebook. But anyway, I guess that's, uh, not only my podcast review policy, but my life policy now. Five stars or fuck off. Uh, I don't, I don't understand, I don't understand the, uh, meh culture. I don't understand the, like, meh, I don't like it. Other people are dumb and I'm smarter. So, and again, I'm not just saying that about my stupid video, but just in general. Everyone, sometimes, uh, online, you just gotta, you gotta shut it down because you're like, holy fuck, I gotta go look at a bird. I gotta see the sunshine because this, this online world, uh, I need to be reminded it's not the real one. You know, yes, it has consequences, but it's still not uh, the real one. So, uh, like I said, I'm saying this to be accountable. I am not getting involved in any more <laughs> stupid comments. And uh, the next time I go to Boise, I will find this son of a bitch. And I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> you walked out of my show, and now I'm walking into your house, you asshole. <laughs> No, I would never do that. But uh but yeah, again, uh, I'm calling myself out for being kind of a whiny thin skinned comedian. Someone didn't like me. So anyway, enough of that. Um Oh, let's get into uh shit that Gabriel should have said last week. This actually isn't even something I should have said last week. This is just about Last week I mentioned uh, that, uh, well, when I was talking about, I'd been calling my wife Beb. Hey, Beb. Beb? 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 Did you leave? Beb! Um, and uh, and I said I called my daughter Biscuits for no reason. And uh, uh, Heather uh, commented on Facebook. By the way, if you guys have any feedback... um. Well, I just said I don't want negative feedback, but not even that. If you have uh, any comment or concern or, sure, praise uh, about the podcast, don't be afraid to uh, let me know. Uh, send me a message or an email, gabriel at gabrielrutledge.com, because it's very uh, – the thing about podcasts is yeah, I'm just talking to myself like an asshole in the kitchen – and uh there's like no feedback so when when people uh people say to me like oh i don't mean to bother you about the podcast i just wanted to say, please please bother me about the podcast cuz cuz i mean i can see the numbers of people that are allegedly listening 
but to put a human face on what is happening, I do not mind. Trust me. Um, anyway, Heather mentioned that the biscuits, she mentioned, uh, the, that it's in a digital underground song. Uh, the, the Humpty Hump guy, you guys, I wonder if Tears for Fears lady knows this, this one. This was more nineties, but, uh, uh, she reminded me, I remember this song. This is me, me in high school. I remember this song, but, she, but she mentioned, uh, they, they talk about biscuits. My nose is big. Uh-uh, I'm not ashamed. Big like a pickle. I'm still getting paid. I get laid by the ladies. You know I'm in charge. Both how I'm living and my nose is large. I get stupid. I shoot an arrow like Cupid. I use a word that don't mean nothing. Like Luke did. I sang on Do What You Like. And if you missed it, I'm the one who said just grab them in the biscuits. Also told you that I like to bite. Well, yeah, I guess it's obvious. I also like to write. All you had to do was give Humpty a chance. And now I'm gonna do my dance. The Humpty Dance is your chance. I'm the one who said, just grab them in the biscuits. Uh, which is a reference to, I guess, another, I did research a little bit. He was in another song saying, ladies, if you like a man, just grab them in the biscuits. Which means, uh, my daughter was right. Biscuits is a slang for male genitals. Which maybe that's why. Maybe some of the fifth grade kids on the playground are Humpty Hump fans. <laughs> oh, I remember that being a fun song. But oh man, is it bad. I mean, that's, that's bad. Uh, and also, uh, just grab them the biscuits is also the slogan for Trump's 2020 reelection campaign. So, uh, be on the lookout for that. <laughs> it's gonna be a, Trump Humpty Hump ticket. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the President of the United States. And if you missed it, I'm the one who said just grab them in the biscuits. So I'm looking for, uh, I'm looking for new nicknames. New nicknames for the kids as a group. I have, I have nicknames. I have, well, Maisie's nickname, um, I call her Maisie Cakes. Um, not sure why, uh, but I call her Maisie Cakes. I guess I got it from The Sopranos, Johnny Cakes, uh, which is a kind of food that I've never had, some sort of pancake, but also when there was a gay character in The Sopranos, he ate a lot of Johnny Cakes. Um, so may, I don't know. Maybe that's how uh, name and cakes got in my head. I never called Johnny Johnny Cakes, and I have a Johnny for a son, Broseph, my son Johnny. Uh, so Maisie Cakes is one daughter's nickname, and then, uh, Olive, uh, her nickname is Little O, uh, because, uh, I am a lifelong Seattle Mariners fan, and they used to have a shortstop named Omar Vizquel, and his nickname was Little O, um, but I do not have, uh, a group nickname, uh, for my two daughters, like, you know, when they were biscuits, but I need a new one. And I told them, I guess I need a new one. Um, so we're working on it. Um, so far, unicorns has been suggested, which I'm not, I can't, it's just doesn't flow right, right? Where's my unicorns? That's not, it's not a thing I want to say. It's not as fun as biscuits. Uh, one daughter suggested muffins. Which, uh, 
just grab them in the muffins. That see that I I can't I don't know. I think all bread related food nicknames are out. Where's my French loaves? Where's my pumpernickels? Where's Daddy's little raisin toast? Get on over here. Let me butter you up. Where's my scones? My biscottis. My vanilla wafers. None of these are good. Okay, maybe I kind of like vanilla wafers. Just really lean into our whiteness. Uh, hey, guess what? This episode of Happiness Isn't Funny with Gabriel Rutledge, that's me, has a sponsor. You're probably thinking, a sponsor? I thought you stopped doing that. You haven't mentioned that recently. Well, sponsoring is back, okay? If you would like to sponsor an episode of this podcast, uh, send me an email, gabriel at gabrielrutledge.com, or message me on my various social medias, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Friendster. I'm not on Friendster. Well, maybe I am. I don't remember ever getting off of Friendster, but does it exist anymore? Not sure. Uh, this episode, and not only this episode, but the next month's worth of episodes, uh, are brought to you by Satanssnugglers.com. What is Satanssnugglers.com? You're probably asking yourself. Well, Satan Snugglers Meowter Cycle Club. The coolest cartoon cat make believe Meowter Cycle Club on the internet. So this is cool actually. Okay. This is, this is how it works. You send a face pic of your kitty. Then your kitty gets digitally cartooned by hand. And then your kitty is added to the Meowter Cycle Club roster. And, uh, what you get for 60 bucks, you get a t-shirt, a cap, a koozie, a patch, and buttons uh, with your kitty's face on them. Uh, or two of those packs for $100. Or they have a la carte pricing, too. The cartoonies, $25. The t-shirts, $15. The koozies, $5. The caps, $10. The patches, $5. Uh, but it's cool. So it's like your cat, right? It's a picture of your cl- your cat like on a, uh, uh, a motorcycle club-style patch. On, you know, like, like I said, on a shirt, on a hat, a koozie, a patch, buttons. Uh, it's cool. I know my girls want one. Uh, for, uh, I guess Dawn, the cat would be more of the, uh, the Satan and Snaters, Satan snugglers. And what you might be thinking to yourself, uh, I don't have a cat. I prefer the company of dogs because I enjoy a pet that gives me love back. Uh, well, whatever. That sounds weird to me as a cat person, but good news. Uh, Piston Puppies. Piston Puppies. Bark, Bite, and Berry. You can do the same thing. Same kind of patch. Same everything. Same deals, uh, for your dog. Uh, same merch. Different buddies. So, uh, Satan. Satanssnugglers.com. Satanssnugglers.com. Live fast per hard. Uh, and, uh, Wherever you're listening to this podcast, if you click on the details underneath the episode, uh, I will have a link to satansnugglers.com. Thank you. I will spend that $5 wisely. Did I say that? It costs $5 to sponsor an episode. And maybe you don't have a company or a product. I don't know. You could sponsor one and you could give me a topic that I will talk about for $5. I guess within reason. 
Um, but if there's something you want to hear me talk about, uh, I guess for five bucks, I'll do it. Actually, I'll probably do it for free. Just send me an email and say, talk about this. I actually do. I do have an email, uh, from someone. Um, hello. This is a commercial word for Anchor Podcasts, the easiest way to host your podcast. Um, if you don't have a podcast, congratulations. You probably have an enjoyable life full of friends, family, and fun. Uh, but if you do have a podcast, um, I'm sorry, and you should use Anchor Podcasts. Uh, it's easy. It's free. Uh, they distribute everything for you. They give you sponsorship, which... Uh, Apparently, it's just talking about Anchor. I guess that's their sponsorship. But I don't want to brag, but I make, you know, maybe six bucks a month doing this. So, worth it? Of course it is. Uh, Go to anchor.fm or the Anchor app. We now return to another riveting episode of The Rutledges. I guess, I don't know. They didn't ask for me to say their name, so I won't. Uh, Someone sent me a message and said... I've heard you mention uh, it's harder. I'm so, I'm doing this by memory. Can you tell? I don't have it in front of me. But the gist of it was, I heard you mention uh, that you that it's harder to be a female comedian than a male. I was wondering, uh, you know what? I gotta find it. I'm gonna misquote this. Okay, here we go. I've heard you mention on a previous podcast that it's harder to be a female comedian than a male comedian. I am also a female comedian who has just started and have my own thoughts and experiences, but I was wondering what your perspective is on what those challenges are. Well, look, you came to the right place uh, to learn about the struggles of being a female. A man. That's right. I'm going to mansplain sexism. Here's the thing, ladies. No, uh, okay. Um, hmm. Well, I guess I've already mentioned one of the differences <laughs> in this episode, which is just the comments. But I, uh, that you would get, uh, on, on the internet are certainly a lot harsher, uh, and more sexual and meaner in tone. Um, but I would say, I think the biggest, some of the biggest challenges of being a female comedian, and this is probably true of any industry, I'm just more familiar with comedy, but I think it starts before you're even on stage, it starts with society is not as comfortable watching a woman be funny as they are a man. Um, It's not... It's not as common for a woman to be like the funny one in a friend's group or – although I, I'm thinking of tons of funny women right now. I live with a hilarious woman. Um, but it's – you know, that's just not necessarily what we're accustomed to see a woman do is to take over a room – I mean, women in, in not on stage, but off stage, like at a party, you're much less likely to see a woman take over a room because she's not as rude. <laughs> she probably doesn't have the ego to go like, I bet all these people want to hear me be hilarious. Gather around, everyone. Woman's talking. That's sort of a man trait. But anyway, 
So, we know, for example, I can go on stage and be very self-deprecating. I can say whatever. I can talk about being chubby or doing some stuff that makes me feel like a loser or whatever. And people are very okay with that. People are very okay with a man poking fun at himself or saying, I can't get a date or any of those things. Society is not, an audience is not as comfortable seeing a woman do that. Uh, if a woman on stage is too self-deprecating, then sometimes the audience will feel bad for them. Like, oh, you shouldn't, no, sister, don't be so hard on yourself. Or, you know, uh, if there are, if they're, um, if they're dirty. Uh, whatever you think a dirty joke is, if a man did it, it's a certain level of dirty. If a woman did the same exact joke, it seems dirtier to people. I don't know why. Which is why you hear all that talk about women only talking about their vaginas or whatever. like, Or, oh, they're going to get up there and talk about their period. First of all, why wouldn't they? Every female comic should have a joke about their fucking period. Like, it's a part of life. So anyway, there are times it's interesting to be in the crowd when you see a female comic on stage because they... You know, I know female comics, and all the time after after shows, people will be like, "You, I wasn't expecting to like you. You're great for a female comedian. It's just a condescending thing. But, and I do think this stuff is changing, but it's, I've seen, and oh, by the way, it's not, let's not just blame men for how they are in the audience towards women. Women towards women is pretty brutal. Like, if I've seen an attractive woman on stage talking about her life and i see the women in the audience just go fuck this skinny bitch maybe they don't say it out loud but that's that's the other side if you're too self-deprecating then sometimes the audience doesn't like it and if you're not self-deprecating enough then the audience goes who's this bitch i mean there there's a certain type of male comedian sort of the daniel tosh uh, Anthony Jeselnik, uh, type of comedian who's like over the top arrogant about how great they are. And like, you know, they're joking, kind of, but that's what makes it funny. They're like so over the top about how amazing they are that it just makes it funny because it's so ridiculous. I can't think of one female equivalent to that. I can't think of one female comedian who goes on stage and just talks about how fucking great they are. Like, over-the-top, arrogant female comedy that everyone gets on board for. I don't think it exists, because it's just... It's too judged. There's, uh... There's not even that many female comedians who do what I do. Which is... You know, uh, not exclusively, but a ton of my material is about my wife and children. Uh, there's not even that many female comics who do that. Because, I don't know, when I do it, when a man does it, no one goes like, oh, typical dad up there yammering on about his family. But for some reason, like, mom comedy gets a much worse label than dad comedy. Uh, in fact, 
again, this is all changing, I think, for the better. But uh, if you look at old school uh, sort of 80s female comedians who broke, who who, who were huge, they, they most of them did an act a man could have done. It was very asexual. Well, I mean, a ton of them ended up coming out as lesbians later, but like, it's like, uh, uh, Ellen DeGeneres, um, barely anything about being a woman. It was just very observational, uh, uh, Rosie O'Donnell, uh, Paula Poundstone, uh, a bunch of other people I'm missing. Um, uh, I mean, Roseanne, Roseanne. It's probably the exception as someone who talked about like being a a, a mom and a woman or whatever. Uh, but it's it's uh, it's interesting what it's interesting that that that's the kind of female comic who broke out is the one who basically didn't act a man could have done, and I'm sure that that came from doing comedy and realizing what people would laugh at. You know, um, I certainly don't think that's as true anymore. I mean, the biggest female comic in the world is probably Amy Schumer, I would think. And she definitely talks about being a woman. You know, she's not, uh, she's not shying away from any, uh, sort of topics or Ali Wong is a huge female comic. Same thing. Obviously, tons of jokes about being a mom and pregnancy. I think this is definitely changing, and I also think it's a very underserved market. Um, because I don't know how many how many man comedians have you seen do jokes about childbirth? I mean, I had some back in the day. How many female comedians have you heard? And they're the ones who give birth. Many, 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 many less. Um, so I do think there's a market where it's like, holy fuck. A woman's talking about women's things. So, um, but here's another reason you don't hear as many, um, female comedians just talking about being a mom and because they don't go on the road. Because, you know, Ali Wong and Amy Schumer talk about having babies, but that's because they're millionaires (laughs) with nannies. My level, uh, thousand air level, uh, moms typically aren't okay with saying, okay, just had a baby. Now I'm going to go on the road and I'll leave this baby with my partner and I'll be back in six days. That's not, not only is that not as accepted by society, like I don't really get judged, uh, by any women except for my wife for traveling, but Society would judge a woman. A female comic who left, like I'm gone 10 or 12 days a month, not in a row, but I average about 10 to 12 days a month. A mom? Take comedy out of it. A long distance truck driver who's gone 10, 12 days a month and left their child with their husband or partner. That's much more judged. Uh, I think it's much more judged by society and much more self-judged by the woman. Um, it's just way harder. It's just way harder to be, uh, to be a working, touring mother 
comedian. That's it's really hard. The road in general is way harder to be a woman. My concerns when I travel are I hope I don't get bed bugs and uh I hope I have time for a nap before the show cuz I'm very tired. Uh when females travel their concerns are I hope I don't get raped and murdered. That's just the reality. Like when when people after shows, especially when in the beginning, okay, when you're going to the funny bone or the improv or whatever, it's one thing, but you don't get to start there. You get to start doing in 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 if you're a Northwest comedian, your first gigs are like rural cowboy bars in Montana and the middle of rural Oregon and Washington. That's not a comfortable experience for a woman. Like I don't if people after the show are like, "Hey, we're all going to this bar. Let's go hang out." And I, you know, I say no, but it's like that's an entirely different experience as a woman who has to be aware that uh of her own safety. Like I remember one time I was I was staying at a place next to the club. There was a hotel right behind the bar. And in the middle, like three in the morning, someone started pounding on the door and like, Hey, let's go party. We heard you're staying here. And I was annoyed. I wasn't scared. I wasn't like someone's going to break down this door and rape me. But women are, for a good reason. So I think that part of it is much more difficult. I've I've traveled with women. And I remember I did a show with Monica Nevy, who uh, is a hilarious female stand-up comic. She was on my show in Olympia, if any of you guys saw that. And we went to this little bar in uh, uh, southern Oregon. That's all I'll say. And I'd been there three or four times, two or three times, and I said, I said, this is like real kind of rural, small town. It's going to be interactive, but it's a fun gig. Well, she's on stage for like a couple of minutes, and some old man says, I don't remember, but it was like a sexual comment. And Monica is a good comic, and she, you know, glazed over it, addressed it, kept going. But it it just made me realize... What a fun, a fun show for a man is not necessarily a fun show for a woman. You know? It's just a different set of circumstances. And that's... This is another challenging aspect of uh, being a female comic is... As a male comic, maybe this is bad. Maybe I'm... I don't know if it's bad, but I... I'll be honest, I am less likely to ask a woman to open for me on the road. I guess I should have said that sentence faster. I'm less <laughs> I am less likely to ask a woman to open for me on the road. That sounds better. Um because if it's an overnight travel situation, if it's like an hour from where we live or whatever, it that's one thing. But if it's like, "Hey, do you want to drive in a car with me for eight hours for a weekend uh, and hang out with me all week? That's, I don't, I feel weird asking a woman to do that, especially if I don't know them that well. And, you know, they're usually younger than me. So it's like, hey, hi, 45-year-old man. 
wanted to talk to you about something, 27-year-old girl. Uh, you wanna, do you wanna go on the road with me? To Medford, Oregon? That's, I don't know, that seems like that woman would have some red flags about me asking. And what am I supposed to say? Oh, don't worry, I'm not gonna try anything, because that's even creepier. So I think that's a factor too. Um, I mean, uh, I'll ask any random male comedian to go with me on the road once, but I have to know you pretty well before I'm going to ask a female comedian to travel with me because it's, it's a little weird. It's a little awkward. It's a little, uh, I mean, I've done it, but I, I will admit I've done it less than with men. Um, like I think the last trip I've taken where I got to take an opener I took Casey McLean and one of the nights we had to share a hotel room that's not you know I I am I cannot ask a woman to open for me on the road and say oh by the way we're sharing a hotel room it's not gonna happen and I don't mean that in a Mike Pence way where you're, you're like not supposed to be alone with a woman who's not your wife I just mean that's not okay it's not okay to share a hotel room as a married man with a woman and not even that, you know, not in the way that like the woman would try something. It's just not, it's weird. Um, look, women headliners can take women on the road, which brings up another point, I guess, which is no one looks at a club calendar and goes, oh, wow, they really book a lot of men. Uh, but if people look at a club calendar and they go, oh, both of the comics this week are women, I guess it's, I guess it's a woman show, or, uh, I guess there was a, three of the four headliners this month are all women, that's weird, like, that's a, you know, same with, uh, if you're a person of color, it's, if you, if there's two black comics on a show, now it's a black show. If there's two women comics on a show, uh, now it's a woman show. If there's two white men on a show, it's just a show. There's no theme to it. So, uh, that's a thing too. And look, I, some of it's math as far as like, why are there so many less female headliners than men headliners? Some of it's math. Just less women do comedy and more, definitely more do now than ever. And I think that math will change. Um, but look, there are some positives. There's some positives to being a female comedian, and that is there are television festivals, audition type stuff. They are looking for females, you know, because the math is in your favor a little bit. Um, sometimes it's actually, even though they're more likely to look for you, it's actually not in your favor, because if you've been doing comedy for two years, maybe you shouldn't get seen yet. You know what I mean? Like, if you get invited to go to a festival two years in, cool, but if you got invited six years in, you'd be a lot better and have a lot more to show the world. Um, but, again, uh, no one who books a TV show or a festival or anything is going like, we need more men. Are there any more white men? And look, plenty of us get to go to those things as well. But I'm just saying, uh, it's not without its advantages. But, uh, 
um, you will get, I mean, even in my show in Olympia, where I've got, you know, I've done four of them, and I hadn't, I hadn't had a woman open for me yet. I think I'd asked some, but they couldn't. Uh, and I even, I thought that to myself. I'm like, man, I've not had, I've got to have a woman this year. This is ridiculous. You know, um, and which is, uh, and then Monica wanted to do it, which is perfect because I love her. So it's, it is, a, it is, um, the numbers help you sometimes. The, the woman in comedy math numbers help you sometimes. Um, but, uh, it is definitely, uh, more challenging. And, uh, I, uh, I try to be a good ally. <laughs> Which is, I don't think I've ever said that before, but, uh, I try to be a good ally. And, um, I respect everyone who's a comedian, especially 10 years in, uh, because it is not an easy path. And, uh, I guess I even more respect a, uh, female comedian because your path is harder than mine is. So, uh, respect. You know, the the biggest way I've been an ally to female comics, uh, I have not tried to have sex with you. Yeah, you're welcome. Of course, it's a lot easier when none of them wanted to have sex with me, but that doesn't make me less of a hero. Um, I did some shows uh, uh, this week in uh, New Mexico and Arizona. Yes, with all men. Um... Actually, I did some, uh, some taping in, uh, when I was in, uh, Laughs in Tucson, Arizona. And, uh, Mike Mazzolotti, who is a com- comedian, but also, uh, <clears throat> makes things. Like he, we did a three camera shoot. We recorded some audio. The, I didn't see the camera stuff yet, but the audio sounds really good. So I'm excited, excited to, uh, make albums, make specials, do that kind of shit. Uh, it's funny though, cause I hadn't, you know, I, Mike was asking me, he's like, how long have you been coming to this club? And, uh, I, th- I think it's like 15 years. I think I've been going to laughs in Tucson for 15 years. Yeah. For the same money. But that, that even surprised me. Um, and we were staying in a condo. The comedy condo, which is actually a fine. It was nice. It's fine. Cactuses in the yard and orange tree. It's pretty nice. But the Arizona, Tucson, Arizona condo used to be legendary shitty. Uh, different owner, but like, I think I even wrote about it in my book, but it, it was so bad. Like, you never wanted to take your shoes off in this condo. The floor, I don't know what color the carpet was supposed to be, but it was just shit brown everywhere and crunchy. Like, you just kept, even in the shower, you kept your shoes on. And it was also that kind of shower that was, like, loose. Like, the tub was, you're like, am I going to fall through the get fucking floor? Uh They also had these runners. Like, you know those clear plastic runners that you put on, like, my grandma had them, like, on our carpet and stuff? But, like, when you put clear plastic runners over shit-stained carpet, it just, it's like a stain aquarium is what it looks like. It was ridiculous, but uh, beyond disgusting. And uh, I remembered I was doing uh, I was doing the club one week, 
And the other guy I was working with, we had radio the next day. So he's like, hey, wake me up uh, for radio tomorrow. I'm like, okay. So it's early, you know, like 7 a.m. or something. His door's kind of open. I like knock on it, kind of open it up. I'm like, hey, we got radio. And he's <laughs> he's with a lady. Apparently a lot of shit happens when I, after I go to bed. But he's with a lady. And I guess there wasn't room on the bed. And by the way, I think the bed might have been a mattress on the floor. Like, I'm not even kidding. It was like half half condo, half comedy condo, half prison. There was just a mattress on the floor. But I guess there wasn't enough room on the mattress to uh, entertain a lady. So they had just put a blanket down and they were sleeping on this gross, shit, brown, crunchy floor. They were just laying... So he gets up, the woman gets up, she's like looking all ashamed. We have to give her a ride and drop her off before we go to radio. And then we drop her off and the guy says to me, he's like, please, he's like, don't judge me. And I'm like, I'm not judging you for hooking up with a random woman. I'm not slut shaming you. I'm carpet shaming you. I cannot believe. You had sex with someone on that disgusting floor. There's no way you don't have carpet syphilis. That is... Oh. I mean, it would be better to lay in dirt outside and have sex than have sex on that disgusting fucking carpet. So yeah, I'm not judging you for uh, having a one-night stand. I'm judging you for where you laid during that one-night stand. You should have stood. <laughs> Look, I really want to be with you tonight, but uh, as you can see, the bed is very small and the carpet is disgusting, so we're going to have to do this standing up. We could do it in the shower, but it might fall through the fucking floor. You say we can't go to your place? Eh, that's a shame. I did something I've never done before uh, on this trip, though. Uh, at a show, I forgot to do the joke that matches my merchandise. I, uh, I'm selling get in the van shirts out on the road, unless you're in the Northwest where I have a different shirt, but, and I, I got to the, sh the shirt pitch part and I realized, uh, I haven't done this joke and people still seemed into the shirt. They're like, yeah. And so I ended up closing on the joke. And then also this uh, this very angry-looking man uh, was demanding I throw him a shirt, which I did not. I also have shirts that say, uh, get in the van. <laughs> I didn't do that joke. I didn't do that joke. Do you have one? Yes. No. I will, I will do the joke. It's just what makes more sense on your way out. I totally forgot. I did not. Someone else reminded me. Did I do that joke? No. Okay, thank you. You guys are looking at me like, no, you did. At least didn't like it. I'll do that one to wrap up. But anyway, you can buy that. They're not, it's not like a game where I have a t-shirt cannons or I'm selling them. No. That wasn't the whole thing. You're like, you don't need a cannon. You can throw it. That wasn't the problem. They're $20. Right now? Okay, I will take that. Uh, no, come see me, come see me.
see me afterwards. Come see me afterwards. It's not, I'm just telling you, on your way out, you can buy one. This has been the most scared I've ever been to set a shirt. Uh, usually I'm not scared of people in Mickey Mouse t-shirts, but... Even, even Mickey's a little angry tonight. Don't push me, motherfucker! Give me a shirt! By the way, that guy tried to leave without buying a shirt. Yeah, and I said, sir. We have a verbal contract that this whole room heard. And then he bought a shirt. Okay. Uh, hey, uh, I'd love it if you left me an iTunes review. I guess it's Apple Podcast Review now. They don't call it iTunes anymore, I guess. I don't know. I'd love to, uh, if you gave me a review. I hope you're subscribing. I think we'll uh, go out today with a... Uh, a Dave Grohl song, a Foo Fighters song. Uh, I saw this. It's video of uh, Dave Grohl singing at the Pike Place Market. Uh, it didn't even look like there were hundreds of people there. It looked like dozens of people were watching him uh, play guitar in front of Pike Place Market in Seattle. Um, and I do. You know what? There's worse people to look like. <laughs> worse people to look like. I like Dave Grohl. He's cool. And, uh, I wouldn't, like, I wouldn't even tell you I was a huge Foo Fighters fan, but then there's like 10 songs I definitely, when they come on, I'm like, oh, I love this song. Um, and, uh, I don't, you know, he's a good celebrity. He's never said anything too stupid. He's funny. Seems like a nice, nice guy. Uh, so, uh, you know what? It's an honor to look like you, Dave Grohl. It's an honor to look like you if you were on prednisone. Uh, all right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, the people that listen to this podcast are the greatest people in the world. Talk to you next week. I'm a new day, right?
it's times like these.